Welcome back to this week's episode of Be Boulder. As always, thanks for joining us in uh, whatever format you choose to listen, be it YouTube or whatever uh, source you use to listen to podcasts. So as always, we thank you. And now, drum roll, please. This week, we are rolling into a talk about awareness. So when we think about what makes us really successful, we need to be really, really consistent. We need to do the things that we need to do every single day. And the way we need to do them is, you know, in a dedicated, (laughs) meaningful way and holding ourselves accountable. But sometimes when we're thinking about, hey, we need to push the ball forward and whatever it is that we're working on, we also need to be aware of what it is that uh, we are doing, the organizations around us and society at large. So why not chat a little bit about awareness? And so I think most people understand or have at least heard of, hey, self-awareness. That's an important thing. I need to be self-aware of how I come across to the universe or whatever the case might be. Um, But we also have a few other forms of awareness, right? We've got societal awareness, and we'll talk about that in a second. We have organizational awareness. And then, dare I say it, we have spiritual awareness. Now, we're not going to talk about that last one today. We don't have all the time in the world to cover all of this stuff. But we are going to talk about the first three of those. And before we get into this, I think it's just an important thing that we need to talk about because it is borderline insane, the statistic that I'm about to tell you, but it's crazy because about 85% of people are completely unaware. So they're not self-aware, they're not societally aware, they're not organizationally aware or spiritually aware. They are just unaware. They are floating through the universe unaware of how it is that they come across to you when they're interacting with you or others when they bump into them they are just doing stuff (laughs) and so I know that that number sounds it's it's shocking (laughs) right that's what when I heard that I was like holy freaking smokes but it is it is true when you really think about it and then it also you know if you have any level of self-awareness or awareness generally when you bump into those 85% of the folks that comprise our population, uh, it can be a little frustrating if you are part of the 15% who is demonstrating some level of awareness, right? And I should say, you know, I thought it was important to talk about this because chances are probably pretty good that if only 15% of the population is aware in some capacity, that means statistically, each and every one of us is probably more likely than not to be unaware in some capacity or form in our lives. And so I thought, man, probably important for us to dig into that. And, you know, good thing is, right, it's not unsolvable. It is not uh, something that we can't overcome. It's actually just a little bit of teaching ourselves and rewiring our brains to make sure that we're asking ourselves the right questions folks around us, the right questions, et cetera, and internalizing that to figure out what the best solution is to move our career forward, our job forward, our new business forward, secure that new customer, whatever it's going to be. So let's chat a little bit about awareness and how we can take advantage of that in our everyday lives. Okay, so awareness where to begin? Well, I think the best place to begin is where we should really begin with everything that we think about every day, and that's with ourselves. And I don't ever mean that in a selfish way. I mean in a, 
how am I putting my best self out to the world, my best self out to the universe? And so I think we should always start there, but self-awareness really is knowing yourself, meaning, hey, what is my story? How did I get here? How am I rolling forward? What are the things that I've done to alter or change my story over the course of time? It's how do I react to things? It's what are the things that trigger me that I can plan for or adjust for if maybe someone is testing me, right? So when we're thinking about awareness, those are the things that we really need to be thinking about. And it's it really is when we, we know those things and we can identify what our triggers might be or what personalities might be off-putting to us. And we know that those people are going to be in the room that we might be entering, be it digitally or otherwise. You know, that is a great thing for us to be able to plan for and tell ourselves like, hey, I've got to handle this in a certain way. I know this person is going to push me or test me or, you know, challenge me or whatever it's going to be. And here is how I'm going to handle it. Um, for any of you who are high uh, empathy folks, uh, narcissists will always push your buttons. Okay. So whenever you find the narcissist, and I feel like the narcissist always finds the empath somehow, but you know, you have to be aware of, okay, how do I interact with this person and how do I not let the things that they were going to do or say or whatever impact my reactions out to the world? And the other thing to think about with narcissists, right? Narcissistic personalities have, they're always going to do the things that are best for them, but they uh, are sort of lacking uh, emotionally the ability to understand a lot of times what it is that, or why it is that you might be getting so upset because they're just using you as an outcome or something to get to an outcome, right? So if you see that kind of coming at you and you know that's not a thing that's gonna work really well for you, you do have to course, you have to plan for that. And, you know, you have to make sure that you can handle it. You know, for me, in terms of self-awareness, personally, um, if any of you out there are like me, I, look, I get it, I, I'm a lot. <laughs> and I'm, I'm cognizant and conscious of that, right? I'm a big personality. I kind of say what I want to say and do what I want to do. And, and I do that in my way. And I know for some people that is, it could be off-putting. It could be too much. It could be something that they just don't know how to deal with. And that's not a me problem per se, because it's really oftentimes a them problem. Like if they're insecure, they're not feeling enough or they whatever, but I'm aware enough to know that it becomes a me problem because sometimes if people are going to behave certain ways, um, they don't want to see someone, you know, who has a big personality be successful. They want to, you know, keep everybody in their box and in line. Um, you know, I personally have to know how to deal with that and handle that. And it becomes a me problem, right? And so I have to know and be able to see those things coming just like we all do and be aware of it and how I am coming across to the masses and, you know, just be empathetic and understand that like, Hey, I've got to keep an eye out for those things just like we all do. Right. And so I think that that is a skill that we can use to our advantage because if we know certain types of conversations are coming or certain types of uh, emotions are going to be flowing at us, we can use that to our advantage to course correct our behavior or change our communication style authentically. I just don't want to be us, but 
you know, sometimes people want to hear things in a different way because if they hear it a certain way, it just sends them down a pathway. But if it they say it, you know, said a different way, they're going to internalize it better or differently. So, you know, I think we always have to think about those things in our communication styles out to the world. So if you're not sure or you're thinking about, well, how do I know if I'm aware or not aware? Well, first of all, you're probably more aware than most if you're asking yourself a question like, am I aware? <laughs> but if you want to think about your awareness and be a little bit more, I would say, proactive about it, I would think about asking yourself, you know, just a few questions to kind of keep it top of mind and make sure that you revisit these every you know, half a year or so. You don't have to do it all the time, but you know, in a state of meditation, it's not bad to ask yourself any of the following. First one, what is your story? And when I say, what is your story? We are not necessarily our past, right? Yes, did our past get us to where we are today? Sure. Is our past our present? No, they're by definition different things. So keep that in mind, but our past is our past. What is the story of our present? And what is the story of our future? By the way, we get to write that. And don't forget, the uh, mind and the body, they hear what you're saying out loud and what you're saying to yourself. And so if you want to change that and you want to become more aware or you want to shift things in a different way, you need to know your story and write your story of your future self in an according way, right? So think about that. Next is really what mistakes have you made in your life and what have you done to course correct on these? Um, I think a lot of people, you know, they repeat the same actions over and over and over again, and they are just shocked that they don't get a different outcome. And it's the definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, definition of insanity. But most people are unaware of the mistakes that they're making, either because they don't ask like, hey, what could I have done better, differently, whatever, to themselves or seek constructive criticism. Um, but some people are just like, that's not even, they can't even get to that level. So when I talk about most people are unaware, they can't get to the level of, oh, did I do everything that I needed to do? And second, like, it's really hard for people to seek criticism because constructive criticism, because it oftentimes gets internalized as, oh, I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I didn't do this enough. And it's not true, right? Like when you're seeking constructive criticism, you're just trying to figure out how to be better. You're making an assumption like I was good. Now I can be better. How can I do that? And the best folks out there, they do that regularly. They seek constructive criticism. And look, sometimes criticism is just criticism and you have to figure out how to deal with that, but you have to ask those questions and you have to understand what's happening. And so when I tell you people lack awareness, right? So people make the same mistakes in their communication styles over and over and over again. And they can't figure out why people don't wanna work with them, work on teams with them, work for them, work with their company, whatever. And it's because their communication style is often off-putting or it's the tone of it or it's demanding or whatever. And if you don't realize or understand like that's how your conversations and your communications are coming out, how can you fix it? But I would tell you <laughs> the impetus for our entire session this season, okay, was based on people not being able to be aware of what's happening and or take accountability for it. Lots of people love to point the finger 
at someone else and say, it's that mis their mistake or it's their problem or they didn't do this. And they are unable to say, what mistakes did I make doing this thing? And how can I correct that marching forward? And then lastly, like what serves you and understanding what doesn't serve you. So if you are in a toxic environment, relationship-wise or work-wise or whatever, I don't care. If that's not serving you, but you keep like repeating the pattern, and, and you need to ask yourself about that, right? Like, why are you doing it? What are you getting out of that that you somehow subconsciously think you need or whatever the case might be, and then figure out how to find the things that serve you because we all deserve the things that serve us. So. I challenge you to ask yourself all of those things. And I will tell you, you know, as you're getting more and more self-aware, <laughs> you become super aware also of how many people are unaware and it is downright terrifying. <laughs> but, you know, you also have to understand like, okay, these people are unaware. So I just need to manage them accordingly or relationships accordingly. So, you know, and I will tell you also the people who say that they are the most highly self-aware are oftentimes lacking in one of the many facets, if not all of the facets of self-awareness. And so just be cognizant of that too. So keep all of those things in mind. All right, we got it. Let's not shoot ourselves in the foot by being self, like not self-aware, right? Like we need to be aware of ourselves and how we're coming across so we can make sure that we maximize all of our opportunities for us and not shoot ourselves in the foot. Great. We got it. Okay, next. <laughs> the next step on the train of awareness, we'll call it societal awareness. And so this is kind of like level above self-awareness, right? Where I think a lot of people struggle because maybe people can internalize, oh, this is how I am. But some people have a real hard time understanding others. They have a hard time understanding their relationships with others in society and the relationships amongst others in society or in groups or whatever the case might be. And because they can't understand that or they lack the ability to be aware, they continue to shoot themselves in the foot and make their lives more challenging than they need to be because they're saying the things that aren't acceptable to the to the group. And I'm not saying here have group think, but you know, all organizations have a landscape that we need to understand and hierarchies and breadth and width and depth and all of those things. And you need to spatially understand how those organizations are working and, and those relationships are working so that you can maximize your opportunities within them, right? Why would you make your life harder than it needs to be? Like if you know a certain thing has to be communicated to certain people in a certain way so that you can get your promotion or you can get that next offer or you can close that next customer, why wouldn't you want to do that? So it is an important thing that we need to think about. Um, but oftentimes you're like, well, how do I get there? Well, great. <laughs> so the biggest way to get there is actually by asking more questions than you are doing speaking. So you should be asking questions to understand the landscape of, well, how, do, how does the group feel about that? And how do you think about that other person if you're having a, a discussion with them, you know, and, and get them to sort of tell you a lot of the answers so you don't have to miss that 
and step in it. Um, and part of it is just, <laughs> yes, it's asking questions, but if it's also active listening. Okay, lots of people as they're being communicated at are not actually listening. They're thinking about the next thing that they're about to say. And you need to do some level of that, but you actually need to be actively listening for all of the cues that people are going to present to you and understand how to navigate through those. Look, I've, I've been through all of this, right? Like I have worked with some incredibly big um, personalities and I have also watched those personalities and how they interact with each other. And if you want to maximize your success in life, you need to understand those relationships because you don't want to say something to someone and you think they're not going to go and tell the next person or they're not going to breach the trust with you or whatever. Everybody's the protagonist of their own tale. So if it benefits someone to tell the, the, another person the thing that you said, they're probably going to do it. So you need to understand how those relationships interact and how they function. And if your words are going to get twisted or whatever the case might be. And so you need to be aware of that. You need to be super, super careful about that and thinking about that level of awareness when you communicate out and how you communicate out and the words that you use to communicate out. Okay. And have I had to do this lots of times and have I stepped in it and misjudged relationships? hundred percent. Okay. I've done that a dozen times, but I did ask myself, I was self-aware enough to say, what mistakes did I make and how can I course correct so that those don't ever happen again? I was lucky enough that none of those ever like tanked my career or something, but it is always a possibility that if we're saying doing the wrong thing with the wrong groups, that is a very reasonable thing. So make sure that you are keeping an eye out for how do those relationships work. You're actively listening. You're actively asking questions and you're trying to use that information to put out your best product being you to the world, okay? All right, last stop on the train for awareness for this week is organizational awareness. And so this one I think is very, very tricky for people to understand. It is abstract, it is foreign, and people just don't get it at all, <laughs> quite frankly. And so um, here, this is really understanding organizations and we can think about organizations in lots of different ways. We can think about them in a home, in an organization of a home, in a business, in a business that you are starting and building and growing, um, because each of those things has units that function within them. But each of those things has a set of values that overlay them. And then on top of the values is a set of norms that also overlays that. And it actually teaches us how to best interact with those. But it's really ultimately, it comes down to a game of politics and you have to know how to play the game. And I don't mean you're being inauthentic while you're playing the game, but you need to know how to navigate those very challenging situations and norms and values and all of that all the time so that you can get to the groups that you need to get to within an organization. Say you're starting your business and you need to sell your product into the C-suite, but turns out one half of the C-suite hates each other, you know, they hate each other, and you need to figure out how to bridge that gap and talk to both sides so that you can push this forward and get the sign off that you need to close the deal. 
that is real and you need to understand it. And so many people just screw this up so many ways. You know, they don't, they go over people and organizationally that's frowned upon. They don't follow the steps that they need to follow. And again, here, how do we figure that some of that out? It's active listening and it's asking questions. But a lot of people really struggle with both of those things because they get excited and they just want to put their horns down and push through and go. And that's okay until it's not because that doesn't work within every organization. The other thing, the other way to sort of guide you, whether you're in the organization or trying to work with the organization here, is what does your gut intuition tell you? So your gut and your intuition, this is going to be sort of the cousin of spiritual awareness, but we're not going to talk about that today, but what we are going to talk about is quickly is how does your gut sort of inform you about what it is that you're supposed to do. And I can't tell you how many times people said, oh, I had this feeling. We've all done this. I had this feeling and I shouldn't have done it, but I did it anyway and it ended up crappy and blah, blah, blah. Been there. Okay. But when our gut is telling us something, we need to listen to it. It is not wrong. You are vibrationally picking up the thing that is incongruent or toxic or wrong or, 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 but you need to listen to that and steer accordingly. Okay. And I cannot tell you how true this is. Right. And I'll give you an example. So my first interaction, this is a law firm. I will not name it but I would love to. <laughs> and I first encountered someone from this law firm a few years ago. I was at an event. It was for money, women, and technology and had a great audience, like 300 people. And um, everyone was like really jazzed to be there. And it was very much like, how do we move the ball forward? Lots of positive momentum discussion, like things that can get you really, really excited to go and crush the world the next day in a positive way. <laughs> and at the end of it, someone came up to me and I was in a chief investment officer capacity at the time. And someone came up to me and they said, there's this little guy from this law firm and he had these beady little eyes and he's the suit that didn't fit him. And he like wandered over to me and he like his yellow teeth and he looks at me, he goes, well, I read your due diligence checklist and I didn't see anything about intellectual property. So clearly you have no idea what you're doing in technology. That's what this guy said to me. And I said, I'm sorry, where are you from? And he told me the law firm. And that was now the second interaction I've had with someone from that law firm. And I was like, oof, ugly. Um, and so, you know, my God, I was just like, I looked around. I was self-aware enough to know not to like blast this guy off of the planet. But I also knew like, okay, like I've got to play the game here a little bit because these folks may represent some of the people that I'm investing in from time to time. So I just looked at this guy and I said, look, I really appreciate your feedback and thanks for digging in on that. But um, clearly you didn't scroll down to section four and open tab nine where I ask about all sorts of intellectual property problems. So um, I appreciate this, but get out of my face. I don't need to be bothered by you. And I trusted myself enough to know that this person was not a heavy enough hitter and was aware of that organization enough to know that. But fast forward, I've had yet another interaction with that firm and the person has been equally as toxic, like tried to make my entire team feel like small and stupid. And I was just like, 
but we're not the ones who are wrong. You're just like yelling and you're hoping that you'll be more right. And so I think that also tells me gutturally, right? The organization is a toxic place. Every time someone asks me like, what do you think about this? I respond accordingly. That's my feeling. I'm allowed to have it. But it also tells me like, okay, I understand how this organization functions. They hire a certain type of personality. I need to be prepared to deal with that to maximize outcomes for either myself, my clients, or whatever it's going to be. And so that is the level of awareness we need to be thinking about when we're talking about those things each and every day. So great. Um, <laughs> so now that we've covered self-awareness, societal awareness, and um, organizational awareness, it's an appropriate thing to drop the next two books in the book club. First one is going to be nonfiction, and these are all tied to awareness in some capacity, but the first is a nonfiction book. It is called The Woman's Hour, The Great Fight to Win the Vote, and that is by Elaine Weiss. And I just love this book for awareness because on both sides of the suffragist movement, um, we had men and women, but the women are the are super interesting to watch here because of how aware they had to be on a self-awareness level, how societally aware they had to be in terms of relationships and the politics of it, and how organizationally within their organizations and elsewhere, they needed to be aware of the stories that they were telling to try to accomplish their goals and their cause. So it's like freaking fascinating. So I challenge you to pick that one up if you're into nonfiction. Um, it's also incredibly interesting to think about, hey, you know, that was only a hundred years ago. Oy. So wowzers. Um, the second one, if you're into fiction, and I love a good story and to step outside of reality from time to time. So who doesn't love fiction? But in terms of fiction, it's Under the Whispering Door by T.J. Klune. Um, this one is a just absolutely beautiful, fun, and emotional tale of a lawyer <laughs> who dies, but he was a grade-A workaholic in his real his life life and blissfully unaware of how he came across to other people. And whether that was he didn't care, he didn't try, doesn't matter. But the story is about his journey towards awareness and the missteps. And it is comical, but also tugs at your heartstrings the whole way through. So if you're into that, I challenge you to give that one a read and give it a go. Um, both of those will be dropped in the link below, um, or you can find it on Be Older Bibliosofts and check that out and make sure you subscribe there and get the information we're sending that way. All right, well, that is all for this week on awareness. So next week, we're joined by a guest who is a mindset coach, and she is going to talk to you all about awareness and lack thereof and how you can get better at it and how we can tell our mind and rework our and rewire our minds to get it to be more helpful for us. So who doesn't love that, right? work smarter, not harder. So let's give that uh, a listen next week. And you're going to love that episode. Um, it is probably one of my favorites so far that we're putting out. So I'm stoked about that. Anyway, let's uh, wrap it up for this week. As always, thanks for joining. And don't forget, don't just be bold, be bolder. Thanks for tuning in this week and every week. If you haven't yet, subscribe and leave us a review. 
You can follow Be Boulder and myself on Insta at Be Boulder Cast and me personally at Legally underscore Limbs. You can watch this episode on YouTube and subscribe to our new companion newsletter, Be Boulder Bibliosofts, in the show notes. We'll see you back here next Tuesday.